0: Hello and welcome to Ice Age Prep Reads, Season 4, Episode 4, where we're reading Magnetic Reversals and Evolutionary Leaps the True Origin of Species by Robert Felix. Um, As always, this book has some graphics in it, if you can find a copy I highly recommend you get one so you can view the graphics and images when possible. There may be a PDF copy available, I was not able to find one. but maybe you have better luck than me. Again, thank you for everyone who's listening to this. And if you uh, want to please spread the word, love to get the listenership up on this. And also if you feel like supporting the podcast, you can go right to anchor.fm slash prep. And there's a support button right there. And for as little as 99 cents uh, per month, you can help support the production of this podcast. So this is episode four, and we'll be reading chapter seven and chapter eight today. Chapter seven quote: Dinosaurs haven't gone extinct. You have a dinosaur bath in your backyard. Roast dinosaur on Thanksgiving, and eat dinosaur nuggets at McDonald's. End quote. Kevin Pattian. chapter seven, ruler of the universe. To see how powerful a magnetic reversal really can be, look at the Sun. The Sun, says Robert Noyes in his book The Sun R-Star, is a giant unshielded nuclear reactor made of millions upon millions of never-ending nuclear explosions. Nuclear explosions are the very engine that drives it. But what causes those explosions in the first place? Magnetic forces are the cause, the very trigger of those... Millions of explosions in the sun, says Noyes. Magnetic forces are the starter and the fuel that keep them going. The explosions occur when hydrogen nuclei are protons, and the sun fuse into helium nuclei. The protons whose fusion is required to start the reactions are mutually repelled, both by their electrical charge and by nuclear repulsive forces, says Noyes. Magnetic forces somehow defeat the repulsion. Magnetic star. Our sun is a magnetic star. Like the earth, the sun has a north pole, a south pole, and an equator. Also like the sun, the earth, the sun rotates. It's hard to believe that something as big as the sun could rotate very fast, but even with its huge diameter of 840,000 miles, the sun makes a complete revolution every 27 days. That speed, more than 4,000 miles an hour at the surface, creates millions of magnetic fields all twisted together like a huge ball of burning twine. Millions of intertwined strands of intense pulsating magnetic lines, a force that heat the sun's corona to more than 1 million degrees. 1 million degrees, all for magnetic forces. Solar flares. Gigantic eruptions called solar flares and prominences continually burst from the sun, forming fiery loops many times the size of the earth and greatly increasing the already steady flow of particles in the solar winds. There is so much energy in a flare that one flare, just one, could supply the energy needs of the entire United States for almost 1 million years. One flare could contain as much energy as 2.5 billion 1 megaton hydrogen bombs. Solar flares can throw arcs of blazing force across distances the width of Texas in seconds, and have been known to shoot 36,000 miles across the face of the sun in less than 5 minutes. At that speed, if they exploded on Earth, they traverse the United States east to west in 15 seconds and encircle the globe in about three minutes. Then the flares just sit there like massive bolts of lightning, crackling and popping in the sky. But unlike lightning, which disappears within a few seconds, these blazing arcs of force can survive for hours or days. Some solar flares last for weeks, others for months. Magnetic fields apparently support these loops of fire, says Noyes. They're, quote, the invisible ropes that hold them up, end quote. Northern Lights Flares and prominences can shoot to staggering heights. During a flare on January 1st, 1991, observers spied a bright jet of fire probing more than 400,000 miles above the sun, almost twice as far as it is from the Earth to the Moon. By the next day, said a story in the Seattle Times, a speeding... A cloud of particles blasted free from the sun's gravity in the eruption began squashing the Earth's magnetic field and quote, northern lights lit up the skies as far south as Denver in northern California. End quote. Similarly, in october two thousand three, when the fourth most powerful flare ever recorded exploded out of the sun, the atmosphere was so electrically charged that the northern lights were seen as far south as the Mediterranean. Auroras always occur immediately after solar flares and are always associated with geomagnetic disturbances. Did you know that? Did you know that the magnetic forces 93 million miles away the distance from the Earth to the Sun are the switch that turns on the northern lights? Sunspots. Then come sunspots, those mysterious dark spots sometimes visible to the naked eye, which revolve east to west around the surface of the Sun, the same direction that all planets move. Ancient Chinese, Japanese, and Korean astronomers were aware of sunspots, and the Greek Theophratus, one of Aristotle's pupils, reported sunspots in 300 BC. But sunspots didn't come under much scrutiny until 1610, when they were reported by Galileo. No longer quite so mysterious, we now realize that sunspots are areas of extreme magnetic turbulence. Sunspots are like oscillating magnetic dynamos. Their most predominant property is their intense magnetic field. It's the root cause of a sunspot's very existence. The larger the sunspot, the stronger the magnetic field. The sun's normal magnetic field strength is about the same as Earth's, less than 1 gauss. As opposed to the sun itself, a sunspot's magnetic strength is immense, ranging from 500 to 4,000 gauss, far more powerful than the Earth's. Sunspots and Magnetic Reversals Sunspots burst through the sun's surface every 11 years in gigantic nuclear explosions, says Noyes. And that's the point of this chapter. Those nuclear explosions are a direct result of a reversing magnetic field. Ring all the bells and blow all the whistles. Those gigantic nuclear explosions and sunspots are the direct result of a reversing magnetic field. At the beginning of each cycle, magnetic polarity on the sun reverses and magnetic north becomes magnetic south. No one knows why. Though the spots appear about every 11 years, there's a 22-year cycle evolved. That's how long it takes for the polarity to reverse and then go back to its original state. Maybe we don't understand why, but the simple fact still remains. Magnetic reversals cause massive nuclear explosions on the Sun. If magnetic reversals on the Sun cause nuclear explosions, couldn't magnetic reversals on Earth cause them too? I think they do. Blasting into our skies at the speed of light, Galactic-sized bursts of power reach Earth almost immediately after a sunspot reversal, sometimes within nine minutes. Then they begin squeezing between the Earth's protective magnetic lines of force. The Earth's magnetic lines of force hurtle out of the magnetic north pole into a long, curving loop through space to completely surround the Earth, then dive back in at the magnetic south pole. Magnetic lines of force, whether belonging to the Earth or to a common magnet, Always formed continuous closed loops. Electrified particles rain to the earth. The solar wind, the electric current flowing from the sun, squeezes the earth's magnetic lines of force on the upwind side and extends them on the downwind side. Like a gigantic magnetic teardrop, the lines extend more than forty thousand miles into space on the daytime side of the earth, the side facing the sun, and more than one hundred and fifty million miles at the nighttime side. Attracted to the Earth's magnetic lines of force, then repelled when they get too close, the energized particles speeding in from the sun constantly corkscrew around the lines. But the magnetic lines of force bunch together so closely at the North Pole in an area known as the cusp that the electrified particles have no room to continue their spiraling paths. This causes a few particles to leak out of the magnetosphere. Once released, like migrating geese headed north, they race helter-skelter into the Earth's upper atmosphere where they precipitate toward the north and south poles. Upon reaching the upper atmosphere, the energized particles collide with its atoms and molecules releasing radiation, much like that in neon lights, to create those undulating, waving, fluttering curtains of light we call the aurora borealis. Auroras, from the Latin word for dawn, occur primarily in the far north and far south near the geomagnetic poles. Aurora borealis, dawn of the north, Aurora australis, dawn of the south. This process of escaping and colliding energized particles, this atomic bombardment, goes on all of the time, day and night. Converting energy to matter. When an accelerated proton collides with an atom, they merge, forcing the atom to split into two new nuclei, usually called... Ionization. this barrage from the cosmos is also known as hydrogen impact ionization, or ionization by collision. Whatever it's called, the collision unlocks the energy trapped in the charged particles and instantly converts it to matter. The same sort of thing happens in tests when an electric current is shot through gases, liquids, or solids. But a flare greatly increases that stream of particles, squashing your magnetic field even more the speeding particles called solar cosmic rays have energies as high as those in galactic cosmic rays. As the fields get squashed the lines push further away from each other at the poles creating holes. This allows more particles into our atmosphere even closer to the equator which in turn causes major increases in ionization as close as 47 miles above the ground and causes the northern lights. The Though auroras can occur as high as 600 miles above the Earth and as low as 47, they usually occur about 60 miles up. Isn't that kind of spooky to realize that magnetic reversals 93 million miles away can trigger an atomic bombardment just 47 miles above your head? That's during normal times. Accelerating atomic particles to the speed of light. Some mechanisms so far not understood preferentially accelerates these atomic particles to extremely high speeds. Accelerated to almost the speed of light, that should qualify as an impossibly high rate of speed, don't you think? Some of the particles carry up to 10 billion electron volts. Somehow, some scientists agree, the sun's reversing magnetic fields must play a major role. Think about that for a minute. Polarity reversals play a major role in generating up to 10 billion electron volts. Polarity reversals play a major role in accelerating atomic particles to the speed of light, the kind of speed that man-made nuclear particle accelerators can only dream about. And we don't think polarity reversals are important? It's the same power that we use to create matter. Man-made particle accelerators, such as the Stanford Linear Accelerator Center, create new matter almost routinely with headlong collisions between electrons and any electrons. 2 miles long, the Stanford Accelerator creates new electrons, swarms of new electrons, 40,000 times heavier than when they started. It's a good thing electrons aren't people, isn't it? Stuff a 200-pound human into an accelerator like that, and out of the other end would pop a mutant monster weighing 8 million pounds. If a man-made accelerator only 2 miles long can create swarms of new electrons some 40,000 times heavier than when they started, Imagine what a cosmic-sized accelerator could do. Ionization rates would increase by the billions. And, if a magnetic reversal 93 million miles away can trigger an atomic bombardment just 47 miles above our heads and create new matter, doesn't it seem possible that a magnetic reversal right here on Earth, just zero miles away, could allow the solar wind to impact the Earth even more, sending waves of explosions cascading around the globe and dumping untold amounts of radiation on our heads? I think it does. Carbon-14 Magnetic reversals on the sun do a lot more than paint pretty neon pictures in the sky. As sunspot activity waxes and wanes, so does the production of nitric oxide. So does the production of radioactive carbon-14. 14. Carbon-14 14 production increases during sunspot minimums. In a direct example of energy turning to matter, part of the newly created carbon-14 enters the life chain of both plants and animals. Trees go taller and thicker, with their growth rings further apart. The change in thickness occurs in exact synchronization with sunspot cycles. <clears throat> sunspots Colder Than the Sun One surprising discovery is that sunspots are colder than the rest of the sun by several thousand degrees. Colder, not hotter. Soon after a sunspot's magnetic field appears, the area gets cooler than the rest of the sun, and the flaring stops. At the same time, the spectrum lines of many elements increase. Spectrum lines of carbon monoxide, calcium, silicon, fluoride hydrides, titanium, and zirconium oxides, along with the hydrides of nitrogen, carbon, and magnesium, all show a much greater strength than sunspots. Such a strengthening, scientists believe, indicates an increased abundance of these elements. This cooling has not been explained, but I think we're witnessing Einstein's theory of work E equals mc squared. Instead of burning matter to create energy, sunspots consume energy to create matter. One thing is certain, however, magnetic reversals in sunspots produce profound effects on the Earth. Imagine the consequences if a magnetic reversal should occur right here on Earth, just zero miles away. And that's the end of chapter 7. And we'll move on to chapter 8. Quote, the style of evolution of brains and much else is not usually a matter of steady progression. Instead, the fossil record speaks of short periods of rapid and radical evolution, punctuating immense periods of time in which the sizes of brains hardly change at all. End quote. Carl Sagan and Anne Drury, Chapter A. Pacemaker of Creation. What would happen if a magnetic reversal should occur right here on Earth? For starters, there is credible evidence that radiogenic materials bombard our planet in sync with magnetic reversals. Second, there is credible evidence that magnetic reversals trigger ice ages. And third, there is credible evidence that all of these phenomena recur according to dependable, predictable, natural cycles. Radioactivity in our galactic orbit. Let's look at some of those cycles. Peaks in the accumulation of radiogenic strontium correlate with our galactic orbit, as do peaks in lead, said Steiner and Gilmer of Canada's University of Alberta. Since uranium decays into lead, this means that accumulations of uranium correlate with our periodic trips around the galactic center. Major ice ages occur in sync with the same cycle. At least two Precambrian ice ages correlate with two of the six lead isotope events in prehistoric Canada, said Steiner. All lead isotope events, Steiner theorized, will eventually be tied to glaciation. Our galactic orbit is not a perfect circle, Steiner explained. It's elliptical. Our distance from the galactic center varies from about 32,600 light years when we're closest to about 38,000 light years when we're furthest away. We're approaching our closest position right now and we'll reach it within 8 million years, plus or minus 4 million. Since major glaciations occur about every 140 million years, says Seiner, a causal relationship appears plausible. Radioactivity and our celestial orbit. Not only do ice ages and the accumulation of radioactive materials correlate with our galactic orbit, they also correlate with our celestial orbit. Surprisingly, our orbit is not a circle. It's stretched out, It's a stretched-out oval, so sometimes we're closer to the Sun than others, and the shape of that oval constantly changes. Starting as an almost perfect circle, our orbit slowly stretches into an oval, then due to gravitational pull of planets, collapses back to a nearly perfect circle again. Called orbital eccentricity, or orbital stretch, it takes about 100,000 years for our orbit to stretch from a circle to an ellipse and back to a circle again. Today our orbit is only slightly eccentric, about one percent, but it varies from a low near zero to about six percent. We're about 11 million miles away, further from the front Sun when the stretch is greatest. Ice ages and equinoctial precession. Ice ages also occur in the equinox. <laughs> Equinoctial precession. The seeds for that discovery were planted 150 years ago by James Kroll, a self educated Scotsman. Kroll knew that the Earth's axis rotation is not perpendicular to the solar plane. Today we're tilted away from true North at 23.5 degrees, but the tilt slowly increases to about 24.5 degrees, then decreases to about 22. The complete shift back and forth takes about 41,000 years. Crow also knew that our axis of rotation wobbles like a top, tracing a clockwise circle around the true north. Called axial precession, it takes about 25,800 years to complete the full circle. Precession occurs, occurs, say scientists, because the sun and moon exert a gravitational pull on the Earth's equatorial bulge. Rotating objects such as tops and gyroscopes also precess, precess. So does Mars. To understand this phenomenon picture the globe spinning around along sticks the axis of rotation tilted away from two north the top of the stick traces the circle around two north while the bottom makes an identical trip around antarctica around antarctica as our axis of rotation moves it constantly points toward a different star painting an imaginary circle in the heavens the process of painting that circle on the celestial ceiling, is called Procession of the Equinoxes. Sir Isaac Newton solved yet another aspect of the riddle. The Earth's orbit around the sun also revolves, said Newton. Our orbit revolves backward or counterclockwise. Procession of the Equinoxes, the time it takes to paint the imaginary circle in the heavens, therefore takes about 23,000 years. It's like waiting for someone on a merry-go-round. You'll reach them sooner if you walk toward them today when viewed from the northern hemisphere, the stars seem to rotate around Polaris, at the end of the hand of the Little Dipper. That's why it's called the Pole Star, because the North Pole points toward it. But in 2000 BC, the North Pole pointed toward a spot halfway between the Little Dipper and the Big Dipper, and 4000 BC it pointed toward the end of the handle of the Big Dipper. 12,000 years from now, it will point toward a different star, toward Vega. And in 23,000 years, it will point towards Polaris again. Scientists agree that equinoctial precession affects our magnetic field, but they don't know why. And many agree that magnetic field intensity waxes and wanes in a cycle. Quote, dipole intensity fluctuations are periodic with a period of about 10,000 years, end quote, says Alan Cox, in plate tectonics and geomagnetic reversals. Geomagnetic field strength is falling. We appear to be nearing the end of just such a period right now. Geomagnetic field strength is falling dramatically. During the last 2,000 years, geomagnetic field strength has decreased by 50%, said Peter J. Smith in The, uh, the Earth. Other scientists, such as Walter Elsasser of the University of Utah, pegged the decline at 56%. One half or two thirds. Either way, it's a major decline. Yet another concern is that the true magnetic north pole is moving. The magnetic north pole has been drifting away from North America toward Siberia. In such a clip, says Joseph Stoner, a paleontop magnetist at Oregon State University, that Alaska might lose its spectacular northern lights in the next 50 years. The rate of movement has increased during the last century, Stoner added. When will the reversal occur? Just when our magnetic field will flip is unclear, but there's a growing body of evidence that it could happen sooner rather than later, said scientists at the Greenland Space Science Symposium in May 2007. the best guess is there are still several centuries to go, end quote, they said, pointing to the declining magnetic field strength. But they don't know how long the reversal will last. It's not clear, the attendees said, how long the Earth's protective magnetic shield will be down. The record in the rock is little help, since a geological eyeblink represents many human lifetimes. Not only is geomagnetic field strength declining, the rate of decline is picking up. 5% of the decrease has occurred during the last 100 years alone. This suggests that we are experiencing either a fluctuation from the mean behavior, said geophysicists McFadden, Merrill, and McHeleney, or a precursor to a new reversal attempt Upcoming magnetic reversal. A recent study published in Nature Geoscience found the Earth's magnetic field is weakening in several areas. This may suggest the possibility of an upcoming reversal of the geomagnetic field, end quote, said study co author Miora Mandia. Fluctuations in the magnetic field have occurred in far flung regions of the Earth, from Australasia to Southern Africa to South Atlantic. Quote, An oval shaped area east of Brazil is significantly weaker than similar latitudes in other parts of the world, end quote, said Mandia of the German Research Center for Geosciences. Quote, what is so surprising is that rapid, almost sudden changes take place in the Earth's magnetic field, end quote, said co author Niles Olsen, a geophysicist at the Danish National Space Center. The study also showed that the decline in magnetic field strength is opening the Earth's upper atmosphere to intense charged particle radiation. The reversal could come sooner. Quote, If present trends were to continue, said Harwood and Mallon of the Institute of Geological Sciences in Sussex, UK, the field would reverse in about 2230 AD. End quote. It could reverse tomorrow. Our magnetic field could reverse tomorrow. Here's why. As our axis of rotation makes its 23,000-year circle around the North Pole, magnetic intensity slowly increases, then decreases, every 11,500 years. Up and down it goes, turning in and out of sync with the solar system's magnetic field like a giant rheostat in the sky, just as a light bulb glows dimmer or brighter as you turn the dimmer switch. Normally, magnetic intensity rises and falls gradually, and sometimes it rises and falls within the 11,500-year cycle itself. But toward the end of each cycle, magnetic intensity drops through the floor. That's when the trouble begins. In a study of lava flows at Steens Mountains, south central Oregon, which erupted during a reversal, by the way, scientists Privo Menkenko Co. and Grom found that magnetic intensity had fallen to less than 10% of today's intensity in less than one year perhaps in less than two months. During a follow-up study in 1989, Co and Prevot found that the field had reversed at the rate of three degrees per day. Perhaps in only three weeks. Not content with their earlier findings, Co and his colleagues took another look. The Earth's magnetic field had reversed at the astonishingly rapid rate, their new study found, of six to eight degrees per day. <clears throat> Not only did that field did the field reverse, it fluctuated. Rapid fluctuations occurred many times during the ver- reversal, said Co. Quote, enhanced external magnetic field activity from the sun might somehow cause the jumps, end quote. Such oscillations have also been noted in other locations. Vallette, Lage, and Langeres found rapid geomagnetic field fluctuations during a reversal in western Crete, while Michael Fuller Found rapid fluctuations and the Tatouche intrusion on Washington's Mount Rainier. Quote Ancient Magnetic Reversals, Clues to the Oh sorry, this is just the name of, of the book. Uh, Ancient Magnetic Reversals Clues to the Geodynamo by Kenneth A. Hoffman. Those kinds of magnetic field fluctuations I submit generate massive surges of electricity in and above the Earth, causing gigantic explosions in the ground and in the atmosphere. Then, radioactivity materials, then radioactive materials begin raining from the sky. How long the process takes and whether it becomes full or averted reversal and excursion depends on where we're located in our stretched-out orbit around the sun, which in turn determines how strongly the sun's magnetic lines of force affect us and therefore how destructive the reversal is. Then snap. Since the Earth can't turn upside down, our magnetic field reverses. Or depending on where we are in our orbit, it continues fluctuating, generating ever more electricity until we move out of alignment once again. It happens twice per rotation, once on this side of the precession, precessionary wobble, and once again on the other every 11,500 years. It's the same thing that happens to our solar system every 141 million years in its orbit around the galactic center, but on a much smaller scale. It's a celestial game of orbital tag, and were it and that's the end of chapter 8 again thank you guys so much for joining me I really appreciate you listening Uh, please spread the word and share this with people who are interested in this type of uh, information and again in closing I'll just say if you are predisposed to wanting to help support this podcast you can go to anchor.fm slash prep and click the support button And for as little as 99 cents per month, you can help make this podcast stay afloat. Thank you so much, you guys. Um, Keep prepping, keep learning, and I'll talk to you next time.